Live audience, here's a question of the day. True or false? Australia has a high demand for occupational therapists. I know this is a rather easier one, but I hope you all enjoy the episode. Hey y'all, I hope you are well. Welcome to another episode of Healthcare Boulevard. This is a podcast where we shine more light on healthcare and our goal here is to provide more options to people looking to choose healthcare as a career path, regardless of their background. My name is Sena Kakpomo and I am your host and creator here. I thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your support. Remember, you can tune in on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Rutendo. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Nji. I am well, thank you. So Rutendo is currently living in Australia and working as an occupational health, but let me go ahead and have you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do. All right, Uh, my name is Rutendo Remwa. I'm an occupational therapist for the past eight and a half years. And um, I qualified my uh, honors degree program in Zimbabwe. Uh, in 2013, and I worked there for about six years before I moved on with my career to uh, the UAE and then five months ago to Australia. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm a single mom with three Mm. kids. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You've been around as an OT, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so you got your your license and did your education in Rwanda, is that correct? In Zimbabwe. Sorry, Zimbabwe. Okay, yes. how was, what was the process for that? Uh, it's a four-year degree program and mm-hmm. uh, straight after A-levels, which is equivalent to like year 12 here in Australia, I, I straight away went to do my occupational therapy. Not that I knew what it was about, but I just found myself there because um, they had this policy that if you put it as an option, be it first, second or third option of your degree program, automatically they will enroll you in OT. So mm. it was my third option. And then I found myself doing OT when I didn't really know what it was about. But when I started knowing about it and learning more, I just fell in love with it. Okay, so out of curiosity, what were your first and second options? My first option was radiography and my second option was pharmacy and then (laughs) occupational therapy. (laughs) Okay, all right. So after your 12 years, so that would be equivalent to like high school over here in the States. Um, Then you have a four year afterward. So a bachelor's degree essentially, is that correct? Yes, it's a bachelor's okay. degree. Okay. And so when you are done with the training with your bachelor's degree in OT, do you have to take a license? Yes, uh, you have to do like one year under supervision where mm-hmm. you're working either in a government facility or a private hospital, but there has to be a senior OT who will be supervising your practice to make sure that it's uh, at par, you're following all the um, ethical considerations, your uh doing like the right things at the right time you know Mm -hmm. how to uh to do your assessment you know how to do your treatment plan you know how to actually um do the implementation of that treatment plan so Mm -hmm. after that one year of supervision you get an um 
general registration or open practice registration, you'll be free to work in whatever um, um, kind of um, setup you want, or you can even go on and open your own private practice. Okay, so as an OT in, let's start with Zimbabwe because you started there, what mm. settings can you work in as an OT? Um, there are quite a different number of settings that you can work in that are sometimes not quite related because you can work in pediatrics, you can work in um, adults, uh, be it uh, adult neuro or adult physical, and uh, you can work in, um, in mental health mm -hmm. so and mm -hmm. um there are other components you can work in you can work in uh in economics like workplace um settings you can work in uh, medical legal you can also work in um uh like mines and other high risk areas as an uh, occupational therapist making sure that they're following the proper protocols of mm -hmm. occupational health and safety Okay. Um, and then once you're done and you start working for you specifically, what uh, demographic or, uh, uh, yeah, what demographic of patients were you working? What setting were you working in in Zimbabwe? Uh, uh, straight away from graduation, I worked for about six months as a re research assistant for mm. my former, my former lecturer who was doing her PhD. So I was into research for the first six months, and then I went to volunteer at, at a children's hospital. Mm. At that point, when I was working there, that's when I fell in love with pediatrics. Mm. And then I went on to volunteer at another um, independent organization that dealt with uh, autistic children called Autism Organization of Zimbabwe. And that's where I really learned how to be like... Um, um, a community OT and really tackling the real life problems like the social skills aspect, the um, independent living aspect, and even community mobility. And like, it really like fell in place. Like mm -hmm. I felt at home mm -hmm. that I was doing something that I really loved doing. And mm -hmm. after that, I worked um, for four and a half years at St. Giles Medical Rehabilitation Center. I started off as an occupational therapist, and then I went on to become like um, the OT lead for the pediatric okay. department. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, let's let's dive back a little bit into education. Uh, do you does Zimbab in Zimbabwe? Do you have the option for masters or even doctorate or degree in occupational therapy or no? Uh, by the time I trained the program that was being offered was an honors degree in occupational mm. therapy. And now that we have um, professors and people who are, have got their PhDs, they have introduced the master's in occupational therapy program. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's uh, much like here, it's, you know, the profession is improving and evolving is what I should yes. use. Okay. Absolutely. Oh. Okay. Now, so you say you went from Zimbabwe to what country where you are before you went to Australia? I went to the United Arab Emirates. Okay. Okay. So what was the cause for your move there and how was that transition professionally? Um, the economic situation in Zimbabwe was getting worse and worse. And mm. even though I was working full time, the salary was uh, just not enough mm. for me to take care of my children. So soon after my divorce, I moved to the United Arab Emirates 
so that I can have a better income and be able to provide a better future for my children. And I went there in January, 2020, and then COVID hit. Mm. I was supposed to take my quali qualifying exam to be able to qualify. And uh, it was an oral interview, which I didn't make it. So I had to retake that exam and then COVID happened and they suspended all the exams until September. Mm. So during that time, I was not working and I was in a foreign country, but thank God I had uh, this colleague of mine, his name is Maxwell Dakwa. He took me in with his family and they housed me and provided for my basic needs and everything. And up until September, I then took my exam again. And mm -hmm. then I got my license to practice. And I was working in a long-term care facility where there's the predominantly ventilated patients. Mm -hmm. And it was more like um, their wheelchair needs, their splinting needs, their um, uh, like um, recreational needs so that they start balance and quality of life in their mm -hmm. lives, even though they're ventilated for the rest of their lives, but we had to bring in that quality. So that we know what happened in United Emirates. So why did you then decide to move to, this is him. <laughs> why then did you decide to move to um, Australia? And how was that transition? Yeah, uh, in the United Arab Emirates, the environment is good. The people are very accommodative and it's just beautiful. But the challenge that I faced was that they have an Arabic curriculum for their education. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring my children along. And uh, for the um, English curriculum schools, they're private schools and they're so expensive. Mm -hmm. So as a single mom, I was not able to afford the tuition for all my three children. And so I was looking for a country that will give me a good quality education that will help me to progress in my career. And that will just give an overall good quality of life for all of us as a family. Mm -hmm. So before I even decided or settled down on a country, I got a message in my LinkedIn from some agents saying, hey, would you like to migrate to Australia and work yeah. as an OT because there's a high demand for OTs and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I jumped onto the opportunity. They were like walking with me all every step of the way. I had to take my English test and do all my registrations. And I got an interview and I got the job offer. And mm -hmm. the employer... Um, did my visa for me I had to do my children's visas and the mm -hmm. medical and everything was just rolling and it was so fast-paced it was like surreal like okay am I really doing this right <laughs> right yeah, oh wow like the beginning of this year in February 2022 mm -hmm. that's when we came to Australia okay well I'm very happy to hear all is working well and you're enjoying your time there <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, have the kids join you yet? Uh, initially, I took my eldest. She's okay. 13 because I figured she'll be able to adjust better. And she's uh, like um, semi-independent now. Yeah. Unlike my younger ones, they're still five and three. So trying to adjust to everything, I thought, let me do it like one step at a time. Mm. By the time we get settled, maybe around next year or end of next year, I'll bring the other two along. 
Mm-hmm. And they have the uh, older sibling to sort of help them navigate that. <laughs> a Absolutely, bit. yeah. Yeah, I know my my siblings were here before I came to the US, so it was definitely helpful to have people in my generation to help me navigate the system. So yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> um, okay, so what then would you say will be the differences, if at all any, between practicing as a OT in Zimbabwe and what you're doing now in Australia? Uh, in Zimbabwe, we follow mostly the medical model of care, where we're working in the hospital and the clients are coming in to get their therapy needs. And um, whereas here in Australia, it's more of a social mode of care, where therapy is um, integrated into the lives of the clients. So whatever is going on into their lives, we are intervening. uh, Let's say, for example, I'm working with um, a child who's going to school. So they go to school first during the day. And Mm -hmm. after school, I will go and see them for therapy. But if they have like handwriting needs or like um, social interaction needs, social skills, I might uh, in- integrate my therapy sessions whilst they're still at school so that I can help them better. They will be able to um, associate the therapy that we're doing for handwriting needs and the learning that they're currently doing. So it's all about integrating therapy into their everyday lives here mm-hmm. in Australia. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as far as uh, what you do, what's your favorite part about being an OT? getting to see my babies achieving their goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can give an example of um, one of my clients who was um, very um, socially um, disengaged mm-hmm. and he had loss of esteem. So helping him work on that, like boosting his confidence and um, getting him to Uh, give him some strategies on how to make friends, how to go out there, how to initiate communication and all that. It's really rewarding when you see it actually happening, that whatever Mm -hmm. strategies you're using are bringing out results. Yeah. Yeah. So that's That's what's most rewarding. Okay. (laughs) And uh, what what have been some of your challenges that you faced? Uh, The most difficult challenge was... um, trying to fit into the Australian system. It's kind of different from Zimbabwe and the UAE in that uh, the social life is a bit low. You really have to be creative and go out there and try to look for those like recreational activities. If you just stay at home and sit, it's sort of like depressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the difference. Unlike in Zimbabwe, there is social life everywhere. The moment mm. you just step outside of your door, someone is saying, hi, how are you? <laughs> hey. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah, so mm-hmm. it's a lot different to here. That's right. the greatest challenge that I faced here. Okay. And uh, what's, how do you keep work-life balance? Or is that even hard to keep at all for you? No, it is manageable because mm-hmm. I'm, I work Mondays to Fridays from nine to five. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
all the weekends I have to I, I have enough time to spend with my daughter and to go to church and do other extracurricular activities mm -hmm. and uh, even during the week my job is quite flexible in that it's uh, mostly community-based and when I don't I don't have clients or I'm not out there in the community I can work from home and mm -hmm. do my reports and do my notes and everything. So it's quite flexible. I don't need to be in the office at a particular time every day. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you joined, uh, you went to Australia after the peak of the pandemic, but having yes. been in there and surely talked to other coworkers who may have been there longer than you, yeah. have, what are some changes that were made in the system at, for OTs due to the pandemic? Uh, before, OT used to be like a hands-on kind of uh, occupation where mm. the client had to be there and you had to be there. But because of COVID, there was a lot of telehealth that was introduced, mm. whereby instead of doing an assessment with the client being there, you can do a video call and you can ask them to, you can give them instructions over video and you can observe, or you can give them some activities and you can observe, you can send them the uh, assessment forms that need to be filled and you can walk them through whilst they are where they are. And uh, while it was um, a bit difficult and Sometimes it still is with uh, the pediatric population mm -hmm. in that sometimes when a child is not actually there in the present, they might not be able to follow instructions as much right. as when they are physically there. Yeah. So it is still a challenge, but well, we have to be innovative and move with the times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, how is how do you usually cope with stress? Well, uh, I don't want to be by myself when I'm stressed. Mm. So I'd rather go out there, go to the beach, go to a swimming pool because I just love the water. But mm -hmm. when it's winter like this, even just going for a nature walk or just being on a video call with my family back at home in Zimbabwe, it's those have been some useful strategies that help me to cope with stress here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as education as OT in Australia, there's what options or what opportunities of growth and leadership do they have for occupational therapists? Um, I think uh, this is um, a, a fast growing occupation in Australia, mm -hmm. occupational mm -hmm. therapy, and there is actually a higher demand than there it presently is. For OTs and that means opportunity for growth. So um, at the company that I'm currently working in, it's a new company and it only started two years ago and the rate at which they are recruiting OTs, it's so immense. And some of my senior colleagues, they in um, within a year, they had moved from an OT to a senior OT position mm -hmm. and there are even more opportunities of becoming uh, OT leads and there are different branches that are opening in other areas. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we had one branch in Queensland, in Brisbane, and now there's another branch that was recently opened in Tasmania and they're looking into other areas also. So all of those are opportunities for growth as an OT. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing is my company is always encouraging people to be innovative and coming up with ideas for growth. So it's all amazing.
Okay. What do you have, if any at all, what's, what are your future professional aspirations? Um, I would love to become a specialized pediatric OT, mm. which I'm slowly working towards because I'm doing workshops and courses and webinars on um, how to better my skills in pediatrics. Mm. And um, as time goes on, when I'm more settled and I have my PR, I think I'm going to go for the master's in pediatric OT so mm -hmm. that I'm the best in my game. I'm mm -hmm. offering best service that there is. Yeah. Yeah. What draws you to pediatrics specifically? Well, I think it's because I love being a mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, even be, regardless of me being a mom, just having those innocent children who are born with conditions that they did not apply for or mm -hmm. that is it just came and they need to have that opportunity to live a fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. They they don't have a choice in it, but we're equipping them with choices along right. the way as they will be doing the therapy. So just that opportunity to, to become um, a part of a young life and helping them to bloom and to flourish as, mm -hmm. as an honor. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love to hear it. Well, you know, you've you've done you've gone through it. You've been through a lot. You've traveled for multiple reasons, and you know, even though yeah. you had some tough time, but your journey has not been a boring one. That's for sure. <laughs> now, yeah. any advice for future, especially Australians, since that's your current home, who are interested in becoming an occupational therapist? or anybody outside of Australia who may want to come down there to do OT since we know the demand is very high? Well, OT is a profession that is very rewarding. You know, sometimes when you do other programs, you need to keep on adding to your educational profile. Mm -hmm. But with OT, your basic bachelor's or your honors will take you to places. Mm -hmm. And it's an endless field of opportunities. You can work in different areas of OT. If you are like a mental health person, if you're a physical person, if you're a neurological person, if you are in medical legal, if you are just, you want to do counseling, all mm -hmm. those are part of OT. And you can, when you feel like, oh, well, I don't feel like doing pediatrics anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to delve more into mental health you have that opportunity to transition between those different kinds of setups. That's how rewarding it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that a good, something I always like to ask is how, what is required or how easy is that transition between specialties for OTs in Australia? Like, do you have to go back to school? Is it like training on the job, you know? No, you don't necessarily have to go back to school, but when you feel that your skills are not at par with mm -hmm. what is required of the job, like the demands, you can do courses and workshops just to upskill yourself. Because when you're doing, um, when I did my honors, we trained in everything. They give you like, they equip you with all the skills that you need, but maybe because it's been quite a few years when you were not practicing in that particular area. So you might just right. need refresher courses, not mm -hmm. going back to school necessarily. 
Okay. All right. Well, Rotendo, thank you so much for taking the time and making the schedule work. I appreciate it. And uh, for sharing your journey with us with, you know, open arms. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. All right. You have a view. I know it's early over there. The day is just sort of starting, whereas we yeah. are ending <laughs> over here. In fact, you're in a total different day. Like you're already on a Monday, right? The 25th. Yes. Yeah, and we are still on Sunday. <laughs> It's just amazing how the world works. It is. It is. Well, I'm glad you're having a good Monday. So I'm going to hope to have a good Monday just like you're doing tomorrow. Absolutely. It will be beautiful. (laughs) All right. You have a beautiful day, Rutendo. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. All right. The answer is true. As you hear throughout our episode, that is part of the reason, if not the main reason, why our guests ended up in Australia from Zimbabwe and uh, all the traveling she did and the reason she did her traveling. I really hope you all enjoyed this episode. And uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Bye, y'all. All right. That's all I have for you today. Thank you again for joining me. I appreciate you. Please subscribe, follow, like, comment, and share. And uh, stay blessed. <laughs> <laughs>